Hey there, everybody. This is Tavo D'Arcy of Tavo Creative Ministries, also the DFW Leader Ministry Online Fellowship, which is really relocated out of Dallas, but still geared up toward Dallas. A lot of what I am thinking of and responding to, remarking on, is what I learned down in Dallas about Christian ministry and the sometimes great places and the sometimes that were really desperately needing to address because of the fruit of the doctrine. I'm looking at this tree. God is using trees to speak to me right now. And I'm looking at this tree. Now behind it is a grow, growing lively tree. It's a more prospering tree. It has got the different, it's an evergreen because it's made to be sustained 24-7, 365, year in, year out by the Lord. Now this one right here is symbolizing what I believe is part of the former move. Now, I said this because I know it's, you know, God put it on my heart, but the former move of the Holy Spirit Book of Acts, which I've been a part of in a ministry sense, in a personal way, in a leader sense, and also learning the learning curve, not from being surrounded by famous, you know, staff and all the things that go along trappings and all the different kinds of perks of ministry, and that's fine. I was sent for the body of Christ at this time through the years since I was 24 to study the fruit as an embed. And the Lord led me by the Spirit from Central Virginia back in the day, the, the bicentennial of America, right after the Jesus People Movement on up to now. And he would send me to different places where there are types of personalities put out by the Christian community from Florida many places, many times, uh, different places, North Carolina, South Carolina, Dallas 15 years, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and places in between. I saw it as an individual. I saw it as a prophetic person. I saw it as an apostle, teaching apostle that nobody knew and, you know, an off-scouring kind. But I saw the difference in the world in my life, how it really did help me, both famous faces non-famous but the fruit that was really good from television media and then how the Lord spoke to me in private told me not to go to Bible college not to go to seminary that I would have no need that any man shall teach me but the Holy Spirit will teach me that doesn't mean that I didn't get other training or help but it was God's mercy and at times I did have a building a more traditional look a staff so to speak small staff I was more active and present in a building sense of the, you know, the type of professional ministry people think of when I was in Central Virginia before all dysfunction and toxicity and the move toward Dallas, which really took it, you know, out, came upon this person. But we live to talk about it. And I'm saying from the, from the tree that I put up the other day, I put up a tree in another place and there were leaves on it. There were still leaves on it. And there were big blank spaces where the leaves had fallen off. Some had a little green. A lot of were um, brownish because of the season we're in. But it was symbolic of how the old move, the really great move in many places that helped so many people, including myself, has sort of been dissipated, decimated, gotten off track, also polluted by the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the occult, as well as the confusion of the mixture of this moment in the eyes of many. Many people uh, right in their own eyes 
Everyone's screaming on the YouTube, screaming on the social media that their point is more important. Everyone, you know, all that type of thing. Victim. The Bible teaches us, even way thousands of years ago, it says that in the end times, knowledge will increase. And that is so true. And there's nothing wrong with having knowledge. And I'm talking to Christians now. There's nothing wrong with having knowledge unless you have no fruit of love. And you say you have faith, but you don't really respect people. And you have no holy fear of the Lord. Now that's the big thing. The other tree that had a few things on it was still there. There were viable parts of it, even though it was under siege, under sway by its own self, its own thinking, its own getting off course, the false teaching, and also the world and the people that are under it that have been also wooed by it, some very help, but some very smooth, and you can be smooth but off. You know, the Bible teaches us in Paul, Ephesians 3:19. it says, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. To know the love of Christ, the sweet baby Jesus, turn the other cheek kind of soft-spoken love that you want to have, that would be resembling the wisdom from above, James 3.17, which is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality, without hypocrisy. And see, this is the part. You can go down and see who is who and what remains, thinking of the old tree and now this one, who and what remains in the portrayal of the real Christian founder, leader, prophet, all fivefold offices, the mega global minister himself, Messiah Christ, Jesus, that resembles the wisdom that comes from above, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality. And without hypocrisy, I would say easily entreated is one of the worst missing links in this last move now gotten famous. Also, the respecter of person's spirit has been the most horrible discovery and the most huge effector in my being prompted to address this. It's like a mean streak. What in the world has gone on since the 80s? Let's say the 80s is when a lot of this started. And then it got really big in the 90s, and it got even bigger and more, I don't know what went on, more commercial in the late 90s on, with all the Madison Square and the society, but also people trying to do it right, trying to accomplish God's work, and that we understand motives, but right now we have to say, well, we didn't know a lot of this would happen. We didn't know a lot of what we know now was going on, but now we do. we got to get it better. we got to get it right. So the old tree, the first tree in the first um, example, the other teaching the other day, I think it was called Book of Acts, Big Book of Acts, the big boy culture or something like that, and the occult. All right, well, now that one was the one that you can see really great things, really good people, well-meaning people, and then the trials of life maybe getting harder, tougher, stricter, adding new doctrines such as shepherding, controlling. And then we also wonder, well, if Tavo, you're not being sweet like baby Jesus by saying this, listen, if I would have been allowed in their graces to talk, not been typed as a cast, occult prayed out by some of these, I could have, you know, mentioned it politely and respectfully. But, you know, I was raised 
not under country law, charismatic, or around Pentecostal. I didn't know I'd be a prophet. I didn't know that. But I was raised by true generations, third or fourth generation of real Christians who knew their Bible, who were not tongue talkers, but had great balanced Bible authority, really respectful. I was never brought up criticized, accused, racist, under the law, gender bias, massage, especially misogyny. My dad is probably who I think of except for the Lord and maybe one or two others whenever I teach in ministry because he gives me my perspective back after being out with very difficult fruit, very difficult fruit, extraordinarily inordinate fruit. <laughs> I would think it looks like there's, you know, the old word inordinate, refract, re, inordinate affections. <laughs> I think there's a spirit of inordinate affections with people and themselves <laughs> in their own turf in order to affection of my ministry, my doctrine, we are the world, we own everybody. That's cruel. I mean, really, it can be so. See, I was an in-bed. I had to suffer like, it's like Moses. <laughs> Moses, he was, he went through a lot of things. He lit, you know, he went through a lot of things on behalf of the people. He didn't take on the riches to try to, um, you know, he wanted to understand how the real people felt, the common folk, and I do. Now, we're pro all kinds, including the former move, which I am part of it in a way. I'm not offended, just enlightened. And the Lord had told me to study it since I was 24. So I could, I'm, a, I'm the same age or could have gone to high school with all these people. I'm older than a lot of famous ones, which is, I don't feel it. You know, I don't think like that. But I think if they got to prove it by the law that she is, you know, not some junior novice like they want to think, especially the ones younger than me. Oh, my gosh. I think a lot of people just go back and go to their Bible, read the New Testament, not under the law. Notice Jesus, how he acted and reacted in every one of his relationships, in ministry, in leadership with his mom, around town. And see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John how Jesus acted and reacted. And we clear out all of this, most of it. No misogyny, no good old stuff. No wanting it all, no trying to be this next famous wannabe of the whole worldwide ministry. None of this big I, little you, and he respected as equals. He was pure-hearted. Jesus Christ respected his mother, all women, all people, sinners, saints, all colors. There was nothing I can find when I read Jesus, how he acted and reacted, that did not resemble in his ministry or his basic life existence the wisdom from above pure peaceable easily entreated <laughs> full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy <laughs> i don't see jesus christ or paul who's the other biggest voice in my opinion except for the father son and holy ghost putting up shepherding movement western european levitical patriarchism middle eastern levitical patriarchism any nation of the world Paul used to be a Levitical patriarch, tightly wound, tight as a tick, <laughs> knew every dot and line of the Torah. But when he met the Lord, he fell in love with the Lord more. And the Lord revealed that Jesus came to fulfill the law, that Paul was there in a relationship. And when he hung out with God a long time through long suffering, patience and faith, he developed his oracle office, his call after much persecution, 
on the potter's wheel, long-suffering, and he was fashioned into, Paul's own words, the Galatians 1, 1 and 2 office apostle that we know him and that wrote all the two-thirds of the Bible. So if we can take a look at Jesus first and then look at Paul second, we don't see Paul setting up institutionalized hierarchy or barking at people for being unsubmitted to their authority. He wasn't. He didn't do that. That's Phariseeism. That's law, Levitical patriarchism, matriarchism. The only kind that has done this to me have been my own Caucasian fellow Christians, brothers and sisters, who are probably more red state. I would say all red state. I haven't ever seen a blue state do that at all. And there's something in me that I can hang. I can speak a lot of languages. I can get along with a lot of different kinds of people. I don't think red state. I think I think issues, you know, Bible issues. But I hang out with liberals. I hang out with, I don't care about all that. I want to hear God and I really respect people not under the law. I respect people because of God and good parenting. I respect people if they're hot and fired up for their cause, not lukewarm, not compromised. And therefore, I can learn from them, and we all should learn from these and not be so bigoted and also so afraid of somebody with a different opinion. If you respect people, <laughs> all you do is respect them. God can show up and talk to them, and then you don't have to, you know. So we're for, we're, you know, civil society, basically. If I look at James 3.17, I say, well, you know, uh, what this, what caused me to really start to go after doctrinal issues was myself. I would get, when I only went to one kind of the Holy Spirit kind, the kind that turned out to be a bit more papal, a bit more colonial than myself, and also this Levitical patriarchy shepherding, I was, I would stir up like a litmus test time after time, nowhere else, no black people, no Baptist, no Catholic, nobody <laughs> except one kind which I spiritually identified as Levitical patriarchism because I've studied the fruit. I've been immersed in the fruit. Now, let me say this. Critical rhymes with Levitical. That's how you can tell the law in modern-day Christianity. Critical, Levitical. So if I showed up and was acting, which I now have to train these people, I want you need to assess people, tell your group, not to accuse people for showing up to evaluate them instead, assess them, and then obsess them, oh, not obsess them, but assess them by James 3.17. Are they acting in your midst, whenever you see them, are they acting pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy, and are you and your group, especially Levitical patriarchs and matriarchs, it says Paul wrote those things in, um, well, James wrote those things, the brother, who is the pa the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of, of the Church of Jerusalem, James. And I have been to Jerusalem, and I can only picture, I remember the hotbed of spiritual warfare it is in a tiny region where everybody's wanting to know and the devil's at work. And I can only imagine with James, the pressure cooker, Brother James had to live under. And he talked, if you read the quiet, I think of him as a quiet, solemn, but kindly folk. 
If you read the book of James, it's so concise. It's so meaty, so wordy, and he says things so well, but he always focuses on our lips, our self-control. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. He gives about wisdom. But if you look at James 3.17, which is him, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, and temperance, and all that. But let me say this. The fruit of the Spirit is also in there. Paul, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says the wisdom that comes from above in people who watch others, people who act and comport themselves with another person in a responsible fashion representing the Lord Jesus Christ, a mature, born-again, Bible-believing ambassador <laughs> and leader, lay, is going to, at all times, even with their husband or wife, with God's help, even under pressure in community body life, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, that means respectful, letting another have their opinion, even if you don't like it, without shouting them down, dominating them, calling them evil. You try to preserve relationship in the overall sense of pleasing the Lord not failing to discern the body of Christ correctly, because you don't know it all, I don't know it all, and also resembling the transformed community Paul writes about, he wants for all of us right now, the Ephesians 4, walking it out in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the bonds of peace together that transform the community that affects society. How about that? So if we go in our own list privately, which I do, which I'm asking God to help me all the time. All right, I'm saying, all right, Lord, when I was sitting there visiting, when I've been sent to visit, chosen to do this for decades, a lifelong generation plus, which I enjoyed, I really did. But you get these learning curves, which are disturbing because they hurt people. God had said on my journey, if you find something, if I let you see something that hurts people when you're visiting, three times or more different places and it hurts my good name a safe name for showing up that is a sign to you i have let you see it that i see a lot more of this you are to teach on it that's why i'm doing it all right so the idea is to say instead of saying risking your soul <laughs> your safety your peace by going to a teaching church that's filled with critical levitical animosity <laughs> that's racially biased, that's misogyny, treats you like with disrespect, picks you out of the audience because of their strange training and false teaching. <laughs> they pick you out of the audience and single you out because you're on their territory. Oh, yeah, big signs. I tell you, these are red flags. They pick you out from far away. They'll never speak Instead, they'll scan you and sear spy, divining your very core. I tell you, it's pretty bad. So that's a sign to watch out. That could be occult. It could be Phariseeism. It could be the sign of the scowls of false doctrine. Two words to discern the law fast as a visitor. Critical Levitical. It's a sign of, watch out, Phariseeism, criticism, dysfunction. Maybe they're the Second Timothy 2 Friendly Fire Fellowship, the hall says, get out. Get out. Because your mind, will, emotions, your soul, your quality of life, 
your feeling of that you can trust them, the feeling that you are safe, that you're not gossiped about or prayed against and targeted. I mean, really, this has gotten ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. That's why that other tree was a huge example of partial leaves on it. Some good fruit remains. Strengthen that which remains. But this tree is even more important because this tree is the tree that lost it all and didn't make it to the next move of God, this future church we're in now. You know, the concern was, and the value I place on the people, my relatives, as in the Christian ministers of all colors and all parts of the faith, we should be like a nuclear family having your own work or your own place you go and attend. And then you are free by the spirit, not under the law, not legalistic. You are free to go visit with the relatives if the Lord leads you, even as the top leader. I've thought this for how many? 25 to 30 years because of the weird stuff being taught in our nation. Church hopping. I saw you at another church. I heard that literally in 1998 before Dallas. I caught, I heard two, I was at a lot of pastors' gatherings. They invited me because I had my ministry. And before Dallas, <laughs> BDFW before Dallas Fort Worth. <laughs> I actually had a real life, you know, most of more of more more normal, natural. So anyway, I was invited to a lot of Christian pastors, urban and suburban pastors gatherings before Welp. That that changed the whole dynamic, not for the good. So before that time, I was sent about. When they invited me, when I was invited to go participate, to repent for racism, bias, denominationalism, uh, repent for our own hearts of the leaders, to repent to, you know, get ready for revival, which I love that. Many places have done that. So when I was there, I was standing at the back of a more, I was out in the rural part of the area that time, and there were more, um, I guess you'd say, country type people that were known in the region in a way, but they were more... I guess you'd say big boss people, but I was there. And so after the meeting, I was just, you know, standing there. You can't help but hear somebody remark. And in 1998, I heard for the first time, one pastor say to the other, I saw your sheep in my church. And I went, what? It caught my attention. And the other one said, very disdained and very upset. Yes, they're church hoppers. And I, when I heard that as a former Baptist pastor, Baptists don't teach like that. Most Christians don't. That's the law and also big boss and also LP and also <laughs> good old people. And those can be the only ones you got. Shepherding movement can be the only ones you got in an area. And that's why you're stuck. If you're in a little area, this is more regional area. I had a board. I was under them, but that didn't matter to these people. I found out later. <laughs> They thought I was. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing these were misogynists, but looking back, man, it was all because was I a lone white woman? My husband was in business. I was under his authority at a board, but you know, all these things go into make me want to teach doctrine so nobody else has to go through this dysfunction. Second Timothy three, one through five style. So anyway, I was there and I heard one say, I saw my sheep. Your sheep in my church. So I went, red flag. I didn't say anything. I went, wow. You mean to tell me these people own God's people? That's what got my attention. 
The other one was the word church hopper. And as a person who doesn't mind everybody's business, I'm just, you know, as a person who's been with black people and white people, I never heard that. I thought, aren't we just glad and hoping people will go to any church right now? That was how dysfunction slowly crept in. People watching, witch watching followed. I need a school. I'm working on a school. I just need more prayer. I've had too much dysfunction <laughs> to really want to do it because it's really a matter of trust. Can I trust the people if they're spirit-filled? Some of these people, dysfunction is giant because of this giant, giant movements. Now, I'm shocking them. I am. I'm tossing over a lot of thought. Faithful are the wombs of a friend. If I were evil and mean, not sweet like baby Jesus, I'm more like the grown-up grown Jesus, you know, shocking the Pharisees, getting their attention on purpose at God because they're back under the law. If I were mean, I'd say, let me tell you who that person was and their denomination and blah, blah, blah. Put their name up on, on my social media and make money off the visit, you know, the visitors on my YouTube. But I don't do that. That's, it's not wrong to confront doctrine that's dysfunctional, that hurts people. So the old move is great. It could be, it got greater, and then something went off with the fame, with the money, and the turf guarding, and the false teaching. I hate to say it, it's more like a lot of the people, not all. The subgroup of ministry is more like Revelation 2, 2 through 8. The Lost First Love lampstand, who went through a lot of hard times, a lot of great difficulties, spiritual warfare, emotional warfare, hell on earth, paid a price. That's what the you know Revelation Church of Ephesians book did. But they lost their first love and got tough, too tough. And then they set up the doctrines of the Nicolaitans to help them out. The doctrines of the Nicolaitans to control. Nike means... Nico means Nike to control. Laos means the people. Well, that's a whole topic right there. I won't go into it. But that is what has blocked me. This is what this function owns and keeps doing. Now it's using psychological, psychic, and occult to get its way. This is the part. So if we're looking at this dead tree, that's the future of those. Because even it says it in Revelation 2. I'm not wishing it on anybody. It's not a word curse. It is a sign. I've seen this for 14, 15 years since Dallas dysfunction. That there is coming a day when God will not settle. God will just do what he did in the days of Anais and Sapphira. He'll do it like he did with Eli. Eli Temple I Priesthood. All right? He will do it with the day of the lost first love lampstand. Great or small, male or female. God forbid all, black or white. When, it's, when the tipping point, when only God knows when the tipping point is, and I believe it's right now. When it's gotten so toxic, so dysfunctional that nobody knows who Jesus is anymore. Nobody even wants to know a Christian. And that includes the Christians that say they're Christian. When it's that toxic, plus the jargon and the reputation of beating people down with the Bible and being, you know, there's a lot of strange connotations in the American and a lot of people's psychology in the normal people. Because of all this not being addressed, all this accusation, all this false teaching, all this Bible thumping, all the hate speech, all the immoral behavior under the name of Christ falling for decades is now hitting the fan.
God's fan, not mine. It's his church, not yours, not mine. So I think we better go back to our born-again Bibles and search the scriptures, search what I say, is it true or not? Is there such a thing as a transformed community, Ephesians 4? Is there such a thing as walking it out in meekness and lowliness, Ephesians 4? Is there such a thing out as uh, God-ordered self-control, Galatians 1, 1 and 2, instead of people under, you better submit to me or I'll talk about you, put you a name on the blackballed, unsubmitted list, and tell all the fellow good old people. That is giant. Nationally, locally. I don't know if African Americans are that violent, that invasive, that territorial. Every time I've gone, of course, I'm a white person. They always like me. They see, I seem to, you know, they always, I trigger respect, friendship. I trigger it back. They trigger it with me too. Why? I don't know. They have a different perspective. Maybe they have more might and power. They're not so legalistic. I'm sure you could hit a few. Nobody's perfect. But we're trying to stir it up so people do want to go back and fellowship with the saints and make it less turf but more God's community with nobody knowing it all. And I can be used for iron sharpens iron, but I'm not mad. I really am not mad. I'm frustrated that if I personally want to teach or move about and get in with the Holy Spirit, if they're care if they have these doctrines, they will not they'll get I'll trigger the witch watchers like a hornet defiling God's property, invading with psychic, demonic, divining. It is demonic. It is witchcraft. I can't go to the wells of Baptists of the Holy Spirit that are these kinds, white charismatic, without getting defiled as a symbol to teach them not to do it. So the idea is having a real church that people really want to respect Jesus. It's not all males. It's not all females. It's not all one color. you got to teach it back to the core of the first church, which is back in the Middle East. And there was no, if you watch Paul, his, his teaching with relationships, with his respect, he was not big boss. He had a great authority. He used to be a Levitical patriarch, but he wasn't. He knew the Bible, though, he knew the Lord more in the fear of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord. He was so humble, Paul was, that he told the disciples, he said, don't follow me if I don't follow Christ. That's a teaching point for every leader. He said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That means once you know the Lord and you are saved, then you have to really watch everything along the way to make sure who you participate with, who you grow with and around and under, and what God really is saying, no matter who teaches it or what other people say in society, including myself. You get to do that. Paul also commended the Jews who were noble Bereans because they picked apart his teaching and were free to question it to see if it lined up with the Bible. And you were free to do that with this teaching. I'm submitting it as Sila, not dogma, because of all this. So we don't want to have anyone in a lost first love lampstand gone. But God is, it will cleanse. Let me point out, it's so interesting after this last many years since 2000 and going to Dallas, 
I really, it drove me to be the maven of theology, <laughs> to keep this young and full of joy, to really check out the doctrine, to see what in the world is the accepted Kool-Aid and the ostentious and dysfunctional huge majority of people who say they speak in tongues. Not all. If they're charismatic, basically. Not all charismatics, because I've made a list already of those who are not well. I'll have to find it. And I'm mentioning famous ones so that people who are fighting with the law and also don't know what a whelp is or a whelp isn't, male or female, can go look at men who are not biased, who are not, who, who have the full authority of the Holy Spirit, be they soft or loud, and that who treat women, their wives, as with all as equals, not under them, not chattel, not property. Uh, I have to ask the Lord to remind me to dig it up. It's on Facebook way, probably October, September. So the, if you want one that's more like the more loud, you know, more Pentecostal country type, Rod Parsley. If you want a real quiet one, Ron Phillips of the Abbas House in Tennessee or somewhere. So those are the two, two ones. Not that I rate them or know all about them or that I recommend them. I'm saying I respect them for what I remember because they are not biased and they're low-key and that's just a few. There are more modern ones or dead ones. I made a giant list that are live and well, some Dallas, some not. So it's just we got to have some for our males, especially. The Christian white men need a healthier role model. I don't know if the African-Americans have done extra work because they went through hard times. And they, you know, I'm sure... There's bound and scraping everywhere, listen, in the land. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't know why, but I feel that in America, a lot of the white males that I've, a lot of people that are more brutal, I don't know if they were raised around dysfunction and no good role models, and we don't want to have fathering. That's how shepherding can take on, wrong way. But we want to have healthier model of not dysfunctional, not toxic, not racist, not misogynist, not whelp, healthy real men, real men, for the males, right? I'm teaching straight males and females. That's Bible. I'm teaching it because if you don't get your act together, you guys, with all this submission, if you don't get your act together, you will never love how to win and love and show respect to anybody who is one of the other kind. He, she, it, they. Okay? you got to do it. You can't do it the old, hard-hearted, accusing way. you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you to respect these people as the humans, valuable, wonderful humans God made them to be. Along the way, who knows what goes on in anybody's backstory, what went on with their mamas and their daddies, or the lack thereof, or no fun, or whatever, poor teaching... It is a lot of things, the ball is in the court, too much in the court in this society of the white, principally the white Christian and, the, you know, all color Christians. But I'm saying I've never had so much assault, personally, so much assault as when I would go to where they, I want to be with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, they happen to be white. And you find out the reason that they have issues is because there's LP in the doctrine. 
false teaching mixed later with celebrity big time, big time and occult. It was the occult that finally got it this bad because <laughs> our nation's going down. If you want to go back to the lost first love, the tree that was about to be removed. Let's see this one. He's, this one. Now see the good thing about this tree out there. It's got roots. It's just taken off its leaves looking bare for a season. So people can be stripped down by God to nothing for his, his pruning. However, if this tree does not grow back, if it fails to have water and sustenance at its root, it will die. Revelation 2, the body of Christ's word. If you look at who the first letter of the seven letters of the Holy Spirit to the churches, lampstands of the era when John the Revelator got the vision on the Isle of Patmos and he had been kicked out, abandoned and ostracized over to the Isle, which gave him plenty of time to hear God and press in. He had even been boiled in oil and he survived. And I'm sure he forgave everybody. But the issue is there was the revelation, the exceeding, amazing mega revelation. Well, the first church was, guess who? Guess who was the first church? It was the church of Ephesians. Well, who was that? That was the book of Ephesians. Gone down. Declined. The book of Ephesians is the church at Ephesus. What happened in those six amazing, astounding, meaty, Heavenly places, seated above, community, family, relationship, Ephesians 5, I mean, the joy of the Lord, wrestling not against flesh and blood, you name it, there's too much to go into for that whole meaty book. So here we have the perspective of Apostle Paul writing the book of Ephesians over in Asia Minor. Can you believe it? Turkey. Asia Minor was the hotbed of all kinds of spiritual warfare, all kinds of cultures colliding. They had the Romans, they had the Asians, they had the Africans, they had the people of all Baal worship, they had the Temple Diana megacult, they had slaves, they had marketplaces, they had lots of things, Gentiles and Jews colliding, all types of people of all types of belief systems, people from seaports, all these things. So they had not an easy time of it planting, plowing new ground and planting the fledgling Christian church. So Paul writes the book of Ephesians, and it sounds like right now, it was pre-Christian then with a lot of spiritual extra warfare and only a remnant to help him get it going. And then we got now, which is exactly the post-Christian with a similar feel. Does that mean we're sad? No. Does that mean we're giving it up? No. It means our redemption is drawing nigh. We better get to work and do it the right way and have harmony. Because they're little kids and they're mamas and daddies who will never want to go near Jesus because it's so fanning the flame of bias on, on media. But also the Christian itself has such a poor history in the last 20 years, maybe 25. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's done it well. I haven't. You haven't. But let's say we can start again. 
because I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm going to be working on it, which is confronting it and stirring up thought for those who are the remnant to, you know, hear God, evaluate it. But let's see, I'm not worried because I feel that I am first love. And nobody has to worry, even if you're a Demas, one foot in the world, but you want to be an Enoch, a first love, thoroughly. But when we look at the price that is foretold, prophesied against the Revelation 2 lost first love leadership, it says, I know your hard work. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I know your hard work. You really went where Satan was just giving you a hard time. However, you lost your first love and you set up the doctrines to make it easier on yourself that I hate. The doctrines of the Nicolaitan to control the people. Keep them at bay because you're tired of them. You've lost your first love. You've no respect. You're all tired. You're ready. You know, you got your 401k, your gentrified well off in the established now and the old move has now come nouveau riche and now you don't really care you know it's just bring them in bring them out keep her salary going that's how it looks to some when i to be honest i really did research this online i googled what in the world are the doctrine of the nicolaitans they're mentioned in two different churches in the seven letters so back in 2000 10, I believe, when I was in Murphy, Texas, in a house, and I was finding out I'd been in Dallas five years, six years by then, and I was finding out the lay of the land, <laughs> dysfunction in ministry, Christian ministry, you know, tongue talking. So I went online because God was speaking to me about doctrine, and I looked up what are the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? If people are hard hearted, they lust for other things. They lust for people more than they do the Lord. Then they've lost their first love, technically. If they're using false authority, power playing, taking advantage, taking advantage of women, giving women the evil eye. There's a lot of things that get your attention if you were not raised around it. And you can spy it quick because you're a seer and you were trained by great, healthy, mature authority as a Christian. Plus, you may not look it, but you had decades of experience being a leader before you met in, you know, came in their midst. So just a little embed, speaking Luke first eyewitness in the fear of the Lord. So if I, when I Google the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which the Lord hates, one person only, one theologian said at the time, he said. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans were the first Gnostic, that means man-made human doctrines that came to the first church, and that they were they were the first doctrines that took the fivefold offices mentioned by Paul in Ephesians, the office of the pastor, prophet, apostle, teacher, and evangelist, and took them out and raised them elevated above the people. To me. Oh, the first step toward celebrity. <laughs> to me, the first step toward Ephesians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians, Paul saying, don't say I'm for Apollos, don't say I'm for Paul, say I'm for Jesus. The first step also for, oh, we know more, we are the world leaders, you down there, you don't know anything, only us, and then the people feeling the same way, the people getting fooled 
their, you know, the confidence was taken out of the people. We can't hear God. Only the pastor can. Only the prophet can. And that led to what we got now, dysfunction. So we got to retrain it back. My Bible is filled with things like Psalm 118, 19, don't put your trust and confidence in man, only in God. Don't put your confidence in princes, only in God. Micah 7, 5, don't put your confidence in your neighbor, a guide, or the ones that lies beside you in the bed, only put your confidence in God. Jesus Christ, in the last part of Matthew 23, the rebuke of the Pharisees out in public, he says, don't call anybody father. Don't say I'm a teacher. Don't say I'm a father, that he's my spiritual father. Only say God is your father. All these things are in this group. Now, I have a lot of people that have really shocked me on this assignment that say, Tavo, you're a lazy loafer because you're not out here trying to achieve like I am. And here I have tried, I have tried to get with all the dysfunction leveled at me, this being, <laughs> I have tried to get things going for decade. I have tried to speak to people. I've tried to want to go. I was occult spied. You're not going to go there. You're not going to be treated with disrespect and have false teaching occult defiling you. And so you have to leave your market, which is your Call to the Holy Spirit, Book of Acts, moving in the gifts. Therefore, you have to pull back. You suffer loss, but you're out of there. At least you're happy. So if I have people who put me down because I'm not out there working like them, I have wanted to, and you all wouldn't help me because you're such a bunch of idiots, a bunch of elite. I am sorry. I come from not poor. I don't feel poor. I've never felt poor in my life unless I'm with the We Got It Made Nouveau Riche that now own the pool of the Holy Spirit, it seems. Other than that, I'm content. Black people never do that. So all I knew is that God took me down to raise me up. All I knew is that I was going through Pauline Apostle shipwreck and Pauline Apostle testing as an off-scouring of the future church, Apostle Galatians 1 and 2, which I am, but also as a sign sent, primarily as an Ezekiel sign to these, the potentates, to the potentates. Now, they don't have to listen. They don't have to be one, but they are one. And that's why God sent me, because I don't think compassion fatigued. I don't think us against them. I don't think big I, little you. I think anybody's there, you help them, you raise them up. I don't think toxic. I think what I saw was America's boat is sinking. That's what I kept getting about this. America's boat has been sinking because of this. Dysfunction, chaos, evil eye, men and women, hard working, but don't even have any love left for the Lord or people. No holy fear of the Lord. The unction of dysfunction. Pretend. We might have the Holy Spirit. No, you got psychic. You're not prophets. You're just psychics who think you know more. Back in the day when Welp service, really all this stuff started to go down, maybe in the late 90s. Because I'd never heard of witch watching. I'd never heard of Standing, you know, not respect. I never felt the whelp spirit so big. I never saw celebrity. All these things 
when the Lord took me about the body, I just didn't know it would be this big by this time. This malevolent, this macho, this whatever this is in certain groups, but they own the reason that you're mentioning this, Tavo, is because they have the population, the population that primarily says they know the Holy Spirit, most of these. So therefore, you got to speak as an office, not a junior minister. You have to speak Galatians 1, 1 and 2, the chief apostle of this ministry, not sent out to by anybody or any person or any group, because they are totally oblivious to this. They don't think like that. They think they are over. I won't go there today, but it's just like Paul. When Paul got saved, he was not handpicked and mentored by Jesus. And so when he got saved, radically filled with the love of the Lord, he went over to help them. But they had been instituted by Jesus and they looked down on him and wouldn't let him help because he represented, in hindsight, they were clueless. He represented a different part, a new move of God that was still affiliated and collaborative, but it was just a new move of God. And that is a precept and principle to teach people now. That a lot of these people are fooled. They think they own it. They know all. They know more. No, no, no. There is always a new move or two out in the rank and file. And and even now, I would I used to say when I first thought this in the 90s before Dallas... There's always a new move of God out asleep in the nursery of the churches, out in the junior high, out in the teenagers. There's always a new move of God that's going to come along eventually if we let it. But now I would say after the dysfunction, the heartache of watching what goes on now under certain kinds of Christians, mostly charismatic, made it big, all my color, not all. I would say now, knowing the millennials have left the church, that a million, and this was like 10 years ago, maybe maybe in 2000, no, it was maybe a little like 2019, 20, when I, before I left Dallas, I heard this, that the millennials were prophesied not to go back to church or even be a Christian by a million of them by 2034. And my thought was, They'll go and they'll take their children and their children after them. That's why I'm teaching like this. Be honest. It's dysfunction and false teaching and ruining Jesus' holy place of habitation for so many. So the idea is that I used to say, I could say, oh, yeah, you know, because I was always dealing with churches, ministry. I could say, oh, yeah, the, um, there's always a new move asleep in the nursery, meaning the church nursery. Now I'd say, nope, it could be asleep at home because they didn't want to go. Maybe it's a new online fellowship that will be out in space on some planet one day. Who knows? But we got to be realistic, and I'm teaching realistically. I'm teaching carrying the cross. I'm teaching picking up your cross and following it, not the latest sermon, not the latest heyday hoodoo I'm teaching taking up your cross even if nobody likes you or watches your stuff. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it before the powers and principalities. That's Paul writing this. And to please the Lord and putting it out in the atmosphere of the Spirit for His sake. For the sake of eternity, you're doing it whether nobody wants you or likes you or not. And it's okay. It really is. But now I know why people do not want to go to church. Now I know why, and I can validate them as I understand. 
I understand both sides, though. He wants you to fellowship, maybe just not where they're dis dysfunctional, backbiting, creepy, reading your mind, or something like that. So we want to help you in that case. The other part is, I also know why African Americans, wow, when Dallas, I didn't, you know, I always had a heart against racism since I was a little kid. God made me really sensitive. But when I was in Dallas, spied as a type amongst the false teaching occult of the good old persons down there in charismatic ministry, I realized finally now I can feel that spirit when I walk in that targets me. You know why? Because I have its I'm in, I have a deliverance ministry. I turned out to teach on it, deliver it from itself. But I thought, I'm walking in there, and whatever's on my DNA, sitting there quietly, James 3.17, all whatever this is triggers this only in this kind, but you can feel it. And after a while, Dallas was so thick, it was the Metroplex capta of its kind. Shepherding, misogyny, occult, good old person. After a while, I quit wanting to go to any church it was so wearying i thought this is how black people have to live with this aiming at them just for showing up coming around the corner <laughs> and i really got concerned to speak out against christian ministry leadership false teaching and bias okay now even though i act like i'm raving mad i'm not really angry i'm upset at the state of the lack of unction to function. You know, they have the the state of the union. This is the state of the onion. <laughs> it brings many tears when you peel it. The dysfunctional unction of the Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. First Timothy 6, 5, Pauline commanded, from such turn away, you do not have to go. You should not go. And this is to balance... Hebrews 10.25, the old mantra in all Christianity, you better, you know, I saw you don't go to church. Why don't you go to church? That lay and leaders alike. You're not in church. Why? We're goody two-shoes. We go. We joined a church. Oh, yes, we're under so-and-so. That is the last 40 years, 20 years. Oh, listen. In the goody two-shoes, south at least. And I think, Wow we got to liberate these people from themselves. Measure, you know, the Pharisee sign of Phariseeism, they measured others by themselves. They measured themselves by themselves. That means they, oh, we're good. We go, we're under brother so-and-so. We're under sister. We go to church. We're goody-goody. No, by grace are you saved, not your good works. And so that is a huge, big deal of accusation projected at people who know how bad it really is in certain places. Now, I'm saying it's bad in certain places. I'm thinking not just here. This is pretty nice up here. It's really nice. Up here is nicer. And there are a lot of white people up here, but they don't act like this. All right? And I'm really sent to more black people as well. But I think of where I have been. I think of all the rest of you out there that are doing it. That's why I get this passionate. I'm passionate. Passionate. I've assessed it. And I've discerned it. And now I can I can call it what it is. Big boss. It's big boss. Occult Levitical patriarchism mixed with entitled. 
damnable heresy of occult. Everyone, everyone doting on celebrity, the celebrity, red state celebrity. It is red state celebrity, basically. That's how God has it, or did he have it? We just didn't know. So I could talk to anybody in a very mega, mega, mega way around the nation. I've been that long and have very, you know, I know my stuff. But my biggest fear, my biggest concern is what I've seen in the rank and file of charismatic, you know, tongue talkers. I do not, my, my, one of the things I'm more happy now, I don't want to get surrounded by the energy of all these people in celebrity. I really don't want to get caught up in the energy and the thousands who, I don't know, that spiritual realm. And it made me very concerned. That's why I've been, you know, pulling back, frankly, hiding out. Because what I've seen, but I'm not going to hide out now. It's time to get out there, God says. I have to have my faith in the Lord and confidence. Just pray for me. I don't have enough prayer protection. Because these people are really conniving. They're really strong forceful set in their ways and they know exactly how to pray against people they really do that's what bothers me i would never have been ever in my life as a contented person figured that one of my worst nightmares in the last days after 46 years of studying the body and being immersed in them I would never think that my worst nightmare is occult reading my brain, trying to probe me from afar, never speaking, never relating, only looking at me to find my thirst, my flaw, my deepest secret sin that they want to juicily feast upon. That, to me, is nothing but sick. Self-righteous and sick. And that's what I'm speaking of. If you do that, you are perverse. If you do that, God has sent me an assignment to warn you. God is going to take you down. There's that tree. God, for the grace of God, go all of us. If I look at ministry, our goal is to pull away, not to hurt anybody, but to have a thought, a different perspective that will address this, that will make people think as a resource so that people can tune in and get another f healthy, fresh of breath, you know, brush of fresh, but keep only what they want, keep the hay in the stubble. And you can use some of it to help fill in your gaps. So I'm filling the gaps ministry in an office of the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and so forth, and a Lukoi witness evangelist. So we were sent for the body for such a time as this. We're not its critic. We're not its judge, only God will, but as a prophet, I have been told by the Lord and confirmed to say it like this because they're that dysfunctional. They're that indifferent. They're that making it big and lost their first love. They've really gotten blind. So to sum it up, I can give you scriptures. But I really think that I can do that another time. I think it's Big Boss and Big Boss Et that do this. And like I said, I was not raised dysfunction. I was not raised toxic in my home life growing up. I was never poor. I was never around Big Boss. My mom was sort of a controller, patriarch, matriarch. You know, but my dad was not a patriarch. 
He was a genuine, nice, down-to-earth person. And I really believe that when I think of ministry, I avoid the matriarch because I was I understand how matriarchs and patriarchs do. They're very strong-willed. And it's their way or the highway, like totalitarianism. And my mother was a great woman, but she had that streak, and I learned, don't be that way. So I'm not. I'm a maven, which means a connoisseur, and I keep it funny. Try to. But when I think of the Lord, and I think of my dad, who is a servant leader, not famous, that's how I really want to picture what I'm doing. That's the picture I hold in my my spirit, also their character. Their character of life was just down to earth, behind the scenes, themselves, and funny, smart, wise, playing. No, they never murdered anybody. They never accused anybody. And they just sort of never complained about anybody in ministry or anything. I never heard them ever put anybody down. And to me, that is a hero role model that I, that was, they could be strong and don't, you know, put the fear of the Lord in me, pray on, pray for me. But I just had God and a lot of nurturing prayer brought up in a Billy Graham type of home where the fear of the Lord was the perspective of what we miss now. The perspective is get out. We need to get out of a few sermons, two or three on YouTube of Billy Graham and see the difference in ministry portrayal, the demeanor of the pastor, Billy Graham, the demeanor of the message, what he talked about, and the the holy fear of the Lord on the people. And ironically, I think it's so funny, but in perspective, wow, who would have thought Billy Graham back in the, whatever, 60s, 70s, versus now, showbiz. Whoa, what's going on? So we're just submitting this all as a sila, as a tiny child does to the master. The tiny child does it with faith and hope for the future and is not upset. I am upset as a prophet, not personally, but for the sake of the end-time church, churches, and on the behalf of the common everyday walk-in people who may be atypical, maybe not in your move, and all your people can read against them because they've never met anybody in their own move, out outside their own move, because they're a cult, having worshipped the same kind of group, the same style for 20 years. I would say that if you have not been out of your church in eight years or more, you're in danger. You are really in danger of being of being sucked into the mass of the Kool-Aid. And this is what we found, that a lot of different kinds of groups, most of them are not diverse, each have their own Phariseeism, each of their own Kool-Aid, each of their own famous group flow, and nobody looks anything different except their kind, their energy. And I walk in there who fits all kinds, who loves different kinds of parts of the body, and I stick out like a red flag to false religion only, not to real people. Not to sane people, not to people not in false religion. Servant leaders never do this. It, the servant, letters, servant leaders and Christians never do this. If I visit a long enough and they have false teaching, it will find me. Usually the whelp will be, if they're spirit-filled Pentecostal, it always doesn't. But it will, if it's there, it will find me. Because why? I'll be sitting there doing my thing. For some reason, I'll know I'm being watched, accused. Does it make one 
feel bad for oneself? No, because I can be fine without them. I feel really bad that a lot of people are missing God's biggest harvest by breaking Ten Commandments, by bearing false witness, by taking God's name in vain. Some of these clubs and cliques and clubs, oh, it's about my ministry. Uh, yeah, well, let's put out we're a church. Let's have all these people come to our ministry. We'll say we're a Christian church advertised using Jesus's good name. Come Hebrews 10:25. But when they come, they don't want but a few kinds because they have a mean streak and they are really only wanting a few, but they'll take everybody's offering, of course. That is false witness. That is taking God's name in vain, using his name to get people in, draw people in, then take their stuff, but you don't want them because you're biased or misogynist. This is tough love. Pretty rough. But not because I'm mad at people, the humans. We're trying to really, if anything, I say it like this, to shock them and scare them so that they'll be okay so that the Hebrews 10.25 will go on in America. There will be revival. There will be repentance. And there will be the office of the prophet and apostle in the false teaching or occult and divining. We want that. We want the tree to flourish and come back again next year and come back with bigger boughs and branches. Not crazy, but true, abiding in the vine, James 3.17 kind. I believe that the last day's church, because this year we've just started our eighth year of the online fellowship.us, which was started in Dallas with the thought of all I've said, seeing all this dysfunction, even in central Virginia on <laughs> big boss, church hopping, jumping in public. Oh my gosh. Read Ode to Whelp at the top of online fellowship. It's a takeoff on Frank Sinatra's call me unreliable. Instead, they called me unsubmitted from afar, but they didn't speak to me. <laughs> but I saw many others, too, eyewitness. So if you want to say, well, why are not people more excited about Jesus, the real Jesus, so people don't go to hell? Because they don't care. It's so bad. It's gotten so dysfunctional, so big at the top that people don't even want to go there. It's embarrassing. It's like they're ashamed to be identifying with the old message that Jesus hung on the cross and suffered for their sin and took all the healing and the atonement and he could come back with healing and restoration, miracles and signs and wonders and taking up the old rugged cross. But that's just plain old, not in their vocabulary. They're too skilled, too performance-oriented, too making it big, Oh, yeah, we got to keep our offering coming in. We got to keep our good brand, well known brand, up and running. Yeah, we got to preserve our brand at the spite of anybody. That's dysfunction. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is the picture of the Christ that these people, dysfunctional people, the toxic people, would kick off the property. They would accuse the Christ who is not looking good, feeling bad, suffering, hurting. The Savior of our soul that carried his cross, he would not be qualifying to get this high and mighty aloof crowd. He would be automatically 10 to 25 scanned. 
pronounced that we read his fruit, he's up to something evil. This is how blind these people are. Mega blind, just mega mighty blind. That's all this is. Isaiah 5.20, calling good evil, evil good. I'm a living proof of that. I am. This is a living proof. It isn't because it's me. It's because of the Holy Spirit name being taken in vain. It's like you're setting people up at the worst case scenario, and some really are doing it, but not all. It's usually ignorance, shallow depths of depravity, ignorance. But really, if you say that you're marketing Jesus' name, that it is a church, come to our fellowship, our church, our branch, whatever, and you don't really want all, every kind, rich and poor, equally, black, white, male and female, equally, if you're under the law and you really don't want them when they show up, you don't want all of them, then you need to get out of business or God's going to take you out. It's a cult. It's just a plain old person's cult and or system and or algorithm. I've seen that too often. So whose move of God is it right now? It's his move of God, not mine. I don't have to do this. I don't really want to do this. But I like doing it because I know how bad it is for people wanting to go toward the Holy Spirit just to worship the Lord and getting a saged, defiled, demonized by false cliques. It is that bad. It really stirs me up. When I when it happens to me, God says, I've showed you, if it happens to you two or three times, it's a sign I see a lot of it. This is how bad it must be for me to be this candid, really. So let them wake it up and share it all around. Let me talk to Florida. Let me talk to Texas. Let me talk to good old boys around the South, in any deep South state, in any mega or micro ministry, anywhere around the world, even in Oklahoma, even in California, even in Missouri, even in anywhere that I've not even thought to name. This is a giant, giant spirit in our land. A giant cult spirit of self-protection, witch-watching, misogyny, Western European Levitical patriarchism. It can be evangelical. It cannot be. It's a, just a spirit, not accusing people. It's a spirit, but it is defiling and making a blasphemous representation of Jesus Christ's good name. That's why. Hebrews 10.25, no wonder it's gone down. No wonder people don't want to go. I can picture people in small towns and suburbs I can that, that are having this happen. I can see them now. I can see going to a mega church as a stranger, an expat, and having yourself read, good old boy played. They think you're not, you think you're stupid because you're a white woman. Think you're a fan. And you watch them, you think, man, thank God for the grace of God I never grew up around this. And my daddy wouldn't like that. I know what real men are. But you are not stupid and you're not vapid. You are aware and alert because you are there on target to study the doctrine and the fruit. And that's why we're here. This is a character issue. All this. Everything is not. Let me say this. And I got to close. When I'm talking about, when I'm, you know, the topic comes up, we're looking at the book of Acts for reform. It's not the book of Acts itself. It's not moving in the gifts. 
primarily it's really not moving in the gifts. It's not they got that down in worship. My gosh, they got a great teaching. It's the character in the abiding house. It's the character. It's the toxic it's the relationships. It's the relationships blocking the move of God. It's making only those with the pedigree, the pet pedigree, get to do it. Only the pet pedigreed are worthy. Only the pet pedigreed are not biased against. Only pet pedigreed are not scowled at and withstood by formidable witch-watching occult. Only the, you know, <laughs> so everybody can leave because it's dysfunctional or they can shape it up or start your own. This admitted is a revolution, not to take anybody's turf, not to hurt anybody, not to, it's not a, a political, it has nothing to do with politics, it's about this, the Savior, who represents it. Would I want to, would he want to go to your churches, your ministries, knowing he knows the Father and sat with him every day in the garden, a first love Savior believer? Would he want to go and put up with a lot of this stuff? This camera action charlatanism. Does he want to go? Does he want to go if he might be spied as the Isaiah 53 Savior? Read that fruit. And say, look, he's a poor person coming to mooch off of us. Oh, we better um, get away from him. He looks unclean. He's probably got baggage. He's probably, you know, just a little crazy. That's what we got. I don't want to talk about this. I really don't. But I'm going to keep on doing it till it leaves. I'm going to, I really don't want to talk about it. And I think of many. I have a joyful life, really. But I don't want my Jesus Christ to be blasphemed like this. And I don't want my Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to be taken in vain. I don't want people, God's people of all colors and sizes and styles, to be criticized, accused for showing up on the properties of these places. That's all. God is good. His mercy endures. But you know what, preacher? They can you can find that out better alone, going on YouTube, hanging out with friends, being by yourself anywhere than being shot daggers at by false occult evil minded evil eye dysfunction no wonder many have run away not just fallen away it's a driving them away god bless you have a great day this is prophet tevo signing off for now